Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagata, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Courage in Action. Today, we're going to talk about a term that you've probably heard throughout your life or your career. When someone says to you, you can be anything you want to be. And while it's said with love and as a motivator and with the best intentions, it's not actually true. And Jay said, Jay Shetty probably said it best when he noted that you can't be anything that you want to be, but you can be everything you are. So our lives are not about being anything, but they are about being everything we were born to be. Today, we are joined by a woman who truly embodies everything that she is. Julie Danilov is a certified special events professional, a regional vice president, founder, entrepreneur, and intrapreneur. And she surrounds herself with the people she trusts and loves the most in the world, working directly with her best friends and sisters, Elisa and Samantha, and her partner, Nicola. We are thrilled to have her here today to talk about becoming the best version of yourself. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for having me, Niluka. It's such a pleasure. Amazing. So, Julie, when people hear me say, you can be everything, that can be pretty overwhelming because we've always been taught and coached and pushed to focus, 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 do one thing and do it really well. So how do you cut out that noise and find what was truly meant for you? Thank you so much for such a beautiful opening question. And I think we have to contextualize all of this by saying, you know, what's meant for us will find us. And I mm. think the universe has a really interesting way in putting people, opportunities, and circumstances in our paths because they always lead to something spectacular. It's just, do we have the openness of heart and mind to realize that? And so I think. Mm when it comes to being everything we were born to be, I think it's definitely highly interpretive and customizable to the person. So sometimes we can, and myself very much included, we can get into boxed thinking or yeah. just having sort of a very set framework of what we think our life should be. But actually it's so much more interesting and fascinating and exciting to be malleable and to really go forward in possibility and also with always having that open like knowing who you are what you want and all of the things but not shying away when something an opportunity knocks at your doorstep as an example and so mm -hmm. i saw that in my own life when you know when we decided to open up a circus company of all things and then again i, love that. <laughs> I know and then again, why not later, so let's do a circus company just, why not Circus, happy fun time yes. everywhere, right? And then <laughs> again, it came into my life when I was offered the opportunity to work as a, a vegan consultant, which I am so mm -hmm. obsessed with. And so, and 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 it continues to be such a, a dynamic and beautiful journey. And so I just encourage people, like, do you, like, do what makes sense for you. And um, you can do 
anything you want. It's simply a mindset. And so in the economy that we're in right now, people are definitely struggling. Um, and the financial aspects of things are weighing heavily on people um, in their lives right now. So it sometimes can seem like a luxury to be able to say, I'm only going to do the things that bring me joy. And I'm only going to do the things that feel right for me. Some people are like, I got to work because I need money to live. So how do you, how do you balance that in sort of the world we're in today? It's so true. What everything you just said. And I think that we have to do daily personal growth and development so that we can evolve that thinking when it comes to scarcity. And I have been there more times than I can count. I can completely with relate with that feeling like of not enoughness in terms of dollars in the account, money on coming in the POs, et cetera, all of that. Yeah. However, I think also too, we owe it to ourselves and our, this one precious life that we get on planet earth and just look around and go, okay, you know, are, are all of the things I'm worrying about really like, is that actually, am I going to be regretting that when I'm, you know, 90 or yes. <laughs> am I just going to be like, sorry, what was the point of all of that stress and worry? Right. And so I think we have to sometimes zoom out on the macro and yeah. uh, bring ourselves from scarcity into abundance in very simple ways. I think gratitude is the antidote to all worry. Gratitude is the antidote. You know, um, mm. we can always worry ourselves into a downward spiral. I hate my downward spirals because they feel so scary. And I think all of us have those moments, right? But very much so. Yes the resilience that we can build within ourselves through daily personal growth and development, I think that's the key. So, you know, I'm a huge fan. You quoted one of my favorite people, Jay Shetty. Um, I'm a huge fan of listening, watching, and making sure my inputs are PD related, whether it is stoic philosophy, whether it's a mentor I really respect and love, whether it's a thought leader, et cetera, because I feel like what happens in between the six inches in between our ears actually is the dictator of how we experience our life. So, you know, and also whether or not we can turn something that is inherently we feel is negative actually into a positive, um, because mm. there's always a gift and there's always gratitude and there's always privilege in a situation because that can always be a catalyst for something so much better down the road but we have to be sure. able to have gratitude in that moment for it i love it and i think a very important part of that is the people that we surround ourselves with so you kind of broke the rules that are taught a lot in sort of business and corporate environments that business is business and personal is personal and you keep it separate. And, you know, we were taught that for a very, very long time. And I think more and more people are, are searching for and working with people they love and trust and um, can, can find that balance between work and personal. How did you choose to um, start working with your sisters and your partner? I love family businesses. My, my <laughs> I grew up in a world of family businesses. And so I always saw how that translated, you know, in the sort of nine to five context, but then also at home. And mm -hmm. what I found was the families that could work really well together. And there's so many examples of extraordinary family businesses that Absolutely. changed the world, you know, yep, 100%. literally changed the world. And I think that's a result of that beautiful synergy, that amazing cohesion that you get to have. Now, 
I know also too, family doesn't have to be blood. Family could just be people that you yes. synergize so well with that they're like your family. Like they may yeah. as well be blood because they practically are. And I think surrounding yourself with people that you are so excited to work with every single day that you totally, like you could not say something, but they know, they just have to look at your face. <laughs> they just and they get know. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Those are the people that yes. we're wanting, like those are the people at least I wanna do business with. So that's why um, with my sisters, it's it's such a joy. We've had our, our circus company for going on 14 years now. I can't believe Love it's it. been 14 years um, doing that business. And then any team in that, organization, whether it's our coaches, whether it is uh, any of our special events team, etc. Any of those folks, they feel like family to us. I mean, we treat them like family. We like, it's just, uh, we're so grateful to have them around us. And then when I get to work in my consulting role with my company, Arbon, we same thing, like I work with people I absolutely love. Like I I don't just love working with them. I would, I love going out with them. I love going seeing a show together. I love going for dinner with them. Like it's just people we enjoy um, being around period. And I think yeah. that's huge too, because that's your environment and community. Oh my gosh. Makes all the difference. Doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Who you surround yourself with. Um, I am very curious. So your circus business, people will hear that and be like circus. It's a great example of, you know, dream whatever you want. And if, if you if you want to be in the circus business and you can figure out how to do it, then that's part of everything you were meant to be. So how did you choose to start a circus company <laughs> i know it sounds like the most random thing but yeah we actually when we were so the people listening watching this etc they may or may not know cirque du soleil is one of the most successful canadian businesses of all time in the world and, yes uh they're not owned by canadians anymore mm -hmm. rat but that doesn't you know that beside the point is that it is one of our country's great success stories and Absolutely. i love that it's circus like it's it's an artistic endeavor and so yes. when we were i think i was around 11 or 12 years old we were actually taken to the very first cirque du soleil tent that that was at the docks here in toronto and they had set up their tent was not anything like it is today but anyways <laughs> and we went and we were completely transfixed myself and my sisters and we just thought oh my gosh no animals just people yes. yeah. being amazing right yeah yeah like there's no sub for the guy who stands on the string on one finger, whatever, like it's so crazy, yes. right? It's like crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you just go, <laughs> right? And so, anyways, we were we were totally amazed, and um, and yeah, so that's where sort of the love affair with Cirque and sort of modern day circus came into our lives, and then it sort of spiraled out from there. But um, having said that, though, when it comes to uh, like a little bit down the road, we actually attended a of all things. It was a, a gentleman, our neighbor, he had a 50th birthday party and he decided he was going to rent an aerial trapeze rig for all of the guests to go up. Like, can you imagine? Why not? He's like, I'm 50. Why not? Let's just, Why not? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so up we go. And yeah. of course, because we were already competitive dancers, we were all trained in jazz, tap, ballet, uh, musical theater. Like we were just such an artistic uh, group of Love it. kids, family, basically. And yeah. we just thought, you know, this totally this is the best thing ever so anyways we ended up fast forward through um uh, all of us went to school different thing for different things etc what have you and then we just decided at the end of college university etc that it's like 
we're getting called to do these circus shows anyway. Why don't we just make a business? And so mm -hmm. off we go to business school and simultaneously started our circus agency. So yeah, Love so that. I mean, it, the decision was like uh, just a consequence of all of those really cool circumstances along the journey that just made it make sense for us to go ahead and uh, run That's away awesome. and join the circus, if you will, <laughs> you know? I just think it's a beautiful analogy for what we're talking about because Cirque, um, it pushes the boundaries of what you think is possible for a human being. And then you see this person do that and it, it takes the audience to a land of sort of fantasy and dream. And the person, that individual had to work so incredible. They make it look super easy and effortless, but you have to work so hard to achieve that. But that's just innately what they were born to do. And so that work doesn't feel like work anymore. Is that how you feel even, you know, not just in the circus uh, business, but in, in uh, Arbonne and what you do there? Yes, absolutely. I think that we can always surprise and delight ourselves with respect to what our maximum capabilities are and with respect to how far we can take this thing. You know what I'm saying mm -hmm. in the air quotes, people who are listening to the podcast. You know, I don't, I think we underestimate what we can actually do. And I think sometimes we, we put our, we, put a, a wet blanket over our, the possibilities of our lives when we get ourselves into what we were talking about before, scarcity, box yeah. drinking, or just thinking I could never do that. But and, and then you see the great thing about when other people are brave and stepping into their greatness or, you know, they step out is that they inspire us to be brave too. Yeah. You know, they yeah. inspire us to take action. We're like, you never would have done it before, but they're like, oh my gosh, if that girl can do it, I got this. Like, Why can't you know, I? Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. and it works in all, I think that works in any business uh, with, with yeah. respect to that. So yeah, I just I love, love that. that. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, veganism. You said you were upset. Um, why and how to, has that impacted your sort of health and well-being? So veganism came to me via my Arbonne journey. Um, so this was 11 years ago. We had just been in the circus business for probably, it was only like a couple of years. And somebody that I had met at a special event said to me, Jules, uh, have you ever heard of a company called Arbonne? I think you'd be amazing. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Airborne, yeah. Arbonne, I don't sure. even know. Right? Like, yeah. I don't even know. And as a business person, though, she showed me the compensation and she showed me how how important it was uh, for vegan products to be the gold standard over utilizing products that are not cruelty free. Maybe they destroy the environment. Maybe they have all kinds of other issues with them and how critical it actually was to have those types of products out in the marketplace. And I just right. thought, and I had never given it any thought to what's, what are the ingredients in my mascara? What's in my protein shake? What's that? Like, I never, yes. that was not even, yes. who cares? Like I was like, <laughs> I look for it on everything, cruelty-free, vegan on everything. Yes. Gold standard, everything. right? Yeah. Like it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so even yeah. if you're not a vegan, I think we can all agree that harming animals for our- Cruelty-free at, at the very yeah, least. Yeah, it's just not, yeah, yeah exactly. So anyway, so yeah. she educated me, not just on vegan, like veganism, why vegan products, et cetera, but then also like why I should consider an online business when I clearly was already very busy and uh, running a, a brick and mortar business. But I yeah. also learned that, you know, e-commerce was the business 
truly of the 21st century and that how important it was to diversify not just uh just from a standpoint of like look brick and mortar is always going to be highly precarious can we just hello pandemic just from a few years <laughs> yeah. ago yeah so i just thought you know and also by the way special events shows all those things those are usually the first things on a chopping block when it comes to recessionary sure. times or any of that stuff and mm -hmm. i just thought it probably makes sense if i start a business where you know, I can sell these products anywhere from online, from my phone, from my computer, wherever I happen to be in the world, whether the economy is doing amazing or not. I mean, people are not going to skimp on their, like, people are not going to not buy shampoo. People are not going to not buy their lipstick. Like, they're just certain yeah. things, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just thought this would probably just make sense uh, to mm -hmm. diversify myself. And so anyways, um, through the Arbonne journey, because I, what naturally happened was the brand obviously attracts a lot of people who are plant-based. It attracts people who naturally are vegan or vegan curious. And so I became exposed to this whole community of people who cared so much about plant-based living, the impact on environment. Oh my gosh, the sustainability component. I mean, we have so many green warriors, like people who care so much about yeah. you know, the, the zero waste crowd, like everything and how that all tied into veganism. And so you, I think, and I don't know if it's the same with you too, um, Niluka, where it's like, you just learn so much information that you can't unlearn the information. Yes. Like you're just like, <laughs> now I'm just being negligent. You can't delete not... that from exactly. your brain. <laughs> you literally cannot. And so I was exposed yeah. to all this information and I just thought it's no longer in alignment if I'm going to uh, do what I want to do and share what I want to share. And it's, I can't, my actions, if they're not congruent, I, I, I really, I need to bring what I know into congruency with who I believe I am. And so eight years ago, I decided, all right, we're going to, we're going to be vegan over here. So it's so yeah. funny. My husband and I did it at the exact same time. Um, wow. and we're from, you have to understand like Danilov, that's a, a Bulgarian, uh, last name. My husband's last okay. name. Yeah, like very like they have lots of meat, they have lots of veggies in the culture too, but lots of amazing meats and what have you. Yeah. The Italians, which was my background, and I don't know if it's <laughs> the same with your culture too, darling, but it's like the amount of fish and meat, oh yes. Lord, just yes. everywhere. And so it's, yes. I loved all that stuff. I love the cheese, like name a food. I had it. You know what I mean? The yeah. game, all of yeah. that stuff, like literally. But then again, once when, when what you know, uh, sort of su uh, surpasses what you're doing. You just have, you got to evolve. Like you just got to bring that up. Right. And so yes. <laughs> for me, it was like, and we're vegans forever now. Thank and you. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit a nail in the, in the meat coffin for me there, but that's not yeah. to shame or say to anybody else, like Never. if you're eating meat, you're eating fish or doing whatever you have. Look, everybody has choice, to do, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. And I was on that journey too. So like, I didn't actually think at, at, there were many points. I was like, there's no way I would ever be a vegan. Like I actually would meet vegetarians and vegans and be like, I don't even know how you do that people. Like what is wrong with you? You know? And so it's very true I, it's, as part of the journey, like getting to vegan is very, very difficult, um, for people. And I, I would say I'm still on that journey, journey. towards yeah. it. And that's amazing. Um, yeah, but like, you know, for me, it's more, I, I just try to do my part for, you know, making the planet safer, better for the future. Um, and a lot of people will do that in, in different ways. What I love about what you're talking about is you're obviously super passionate about it. So this is definitely something that's very meaningful for you and was meant for you. And I think you mentioned di diversifying and it's almost like, 
you're diversifying how you spend your energy the same way you would almost like an investment portfolio. You diversify where you invest. And so how do you split your energy, calibrate your life to balancing your brick and mortar, your relationship with your husband, your online business, being a vegan, the things you're passionate about? How do you balance all of that? I feel like I could ask you the same question because <laughs> you're somebody who's highly dynamic also and just has <laughs> lots going on um, in terms of all of your interests and everything. And so I just ask everybody to, who's listening to this, you know, really reflect, what does that look like for you? Because I think also to balance or the the idea of balance, it's so interesting because it's it's completely individualized to the actual person. Sorry, one second. Wow. I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> Sorry, it was barking. I don't know if you think. Sorry, did you just so repeat that? What kind of? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I am obsessed with dogs. What? Oh. What's our? He is a Shepherd Rottweiler Lab cross. <laughs> I'll show it to you. I'll show it oh, to you after. Oh, gorgeous, stunning. <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. That that was a quite a bassy bark, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, mm. yeah. He's like, bark. <laughs> They're hilarious. That was not the full force though. Not no, no, that was yeah. not. Anyway, oh, I'm so sorry. Funny. Could you repeat that? I apologize. I'm sorry. What did we, what was it? Uh, we were, oh, I can't remember. Veganism journey. Veganism journey. We talked about your sister. Oh, balance, calibrating your energy. Oh, oh yes. Balancing uh, energy. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So, and go. <laughs> okay. So energy calibration around all the things. So I think there's a few prongs we have to address when it comes to energy calibration. So the first is internal, uh, what's happening in our mind. Second is the mm -hmm. external inputs, what we're actually putting in our minds, our, our bodies, et cetera. And then the third is community. So I think the trifecta, that three prong approach is really important because we can do whatever it is that we want. We can divide our time. Beyonce has the same 24 hours as us. Like, I always <laughs> think, what's my problem, right? <laughs> like, you know, or you look at Rihanna or somebody and you're like, lady is slaying it, okay? Slaying so, it, yes. So many amazing examples of these powerful women. And it's just like, mm. oh, if she's got it, I've got this. Like, it's yes. fine, you know? Yes. And so I think we have to, I mean, so, when it comes to the internal, so mindset, we basically are one decision away from any energy we decide, right? Like mm. literally we decide the energy and then how that plays out and uh, how we actually act into what we've decided. I think sometimes we forget that we actually have complete and total autonomy over that piece of our lives. We think we wake up a certain way and it's like, that's just going to be how it's going to be that day. I would beg to differ. I would beg 100%, to differ. Yes. You know? yes. So, and, and what are the actions so that it's like, even if you're quote, not feeling it, what are the things that you can bring yourself into that state? I know you're probably also a fan of Tony Robbins and you know that, like, how do you elevate the state? What are the actions? What are the intentional things that you do? And so I think all of that internally, the internal chemistry, absolutely huge when we're deciding to bring our best energy to the table. I think also too, 
I just love, I remember it was at a conference a couple of years ago and, and Anthony Robbins was the speaker and he was talking about how, how he decided at some point that he was going to be the guy that he is on stage at home. And he was mm. like, why does my family get the, the worst part of me? Like, I just give it all to all these strangers, basically. And then I come home and I'm dead. Like, how does that make yeah. any sense? Right? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm, that, I'm done with that. I'm going to bring my best to not just the people that I serve, my customers, but I'm going to bring my best to my family. I was like, isn't that an interesting calibration? Like, why yeah. do we treat the people that we love the most like crap? Because yeah. we're tired or something. Yeah. It's like, that's just yeah. an excuse. Like, really, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there's some- It's prioritizing, anyway. right? Yes, like those are the people we want the most to have a great experience with us. And that's not to say to be fake. That's not to say put on a show. That's not any of those things. It's just a decision in how our energy is, uh, how, how we're outputting that energy. So that's number one mindset. Number two is the external inputs. So everything from the, our food, nutritionally, I mean, the reason why I love educating about being plant-based and vegan is because I found enormous energy calibration in the food sources. So, and there's not a day that goes by where my husband and I talk about, oh my gosh, we're so glad we went vegan like all those years ago because <laughs> we just have great energy. Like it's just, it's amazing, right? Plants yeah. are life, you know, and it's really, really yes. helpful. So, uh, so there's that. And then there's of course community and oh my gosh, you know, that, that saying where it's like, uh, you want to be in a room where people, when they come in, there's the sunshine, but you don't want to be in a room where you know, when somebody comes in, like the sunshine gets sucked out of the room or whatever. Sucked right like, out of there, it's yeah. Literally, don't you feel it's a vibration? Like you can yes. feel it, right? You can feel it's people's like, energy, absolutely. Yes. Totally. And that's not to say if somebody has is a little more quiet or somebody's a little more reserved or whatever. I, I feel like it radiates out anyway, the intention, the genuineness, the kindness, the empathy, like all of that stuff. Um, that doesn't mean energy is loud or bombastic in yes. some way. It yes. just means notice who's in the room, yes. right? And it's a, it's a feeling. It's not a, it's not your personality. It's not the show you put on. It's not what you say. There's a feeling you get from people when you meet them, Never mind in person or online. We've all been through meeting people online only and all of these things. You can still feel the energy that they put out there. Totally. And yeah. how, like how much they're happy to be with you, be present with mm -hmm. you, all of that, right? Like, yes, yes. You can tell when somebody's checked out, eh? Like yes. you could just, it's like, oh, they're gone. You know, they're looking at you, but they're not hearing anything. They're not okay. even <laughs> listening to you. And that, when you feel that way, it's, you start to feel invisible. It's like you start to feel um, not valued, like you're not seen. And that's just such a human need to be yes. valued, to be seen, to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, but I love that you started all three of those with the internal, because I think one of the most challenging things that we face, especially as women, is that self-appreciation and self-value that has to come first. It has to come before any of the validation that you get externally. Amen to that. <laughs> I would high five you if we were beside yeah. each other. But because agreed, exactly. The not enoughness, I think yeah. also too, that is a plague on womanhood everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's never quote enough. And so if we can just be enough for ourselves, like yes. would that be a life-saving revelation for so many of our sisters? Just it's okay. Like, well, yeah. I remember I was coaching somebody recently and she was like, how do I just feel like it's enough? It's like, that's not on 
those people to make you feel like enough. That's on right. you to make you yourself. have to. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. literally, because otherwise what happens is we're always looking for something outside of our control. Whereas why not just take the autonomy back and just generate it ourselves? Way easier, yeah. I think. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. And it can be especially tough, but um, to make the decision if you're struggling with finances, if you're struggling with commitments and all of those things. But I think you, you and I were chatting about this before we started the podcast, but we've both had our bodies tell us at some point, enough is enough <laughs> and had, you know, genuine health issues that have lead, led us to think differently about our lives. And the work that we do at Courage in Action is very much focused on women that are in very difficult circumstances, not always related to health, but potentially relationships and every other complication in life. Um, what would you say, having been through that crisis point, um, what would you say the most important thing is to do when you're in that state? When things aren't clear, everything is very difficult um, and life is a struggle. I think even the struggles are a privilege because it means it's mm. evidence that we're here. You know, how many people do we know, all of us who have been before us and or ha recently have gone from this earth, they wish they were here having struggles. And so yeah. again, back to gratitude, it's like, thank goodness, whatever you believe, God, universe, whatever it happens to be, thanking the heavens for the privilege of the circumstance, because it's also an opportunity for us to just get better. Like, oh, this is exciting. You know, we we always, I, I go right into everything is figure outable mode. Like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and that was not my default before. It was more scarcity, downward spiral, uh, and all kinds of, you know, and here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with any of that. I think that's all very human, a very human experience. Having said that, though, our bounce and our resilience is an exact correlation with how much work we've done on ourselves, the inner work. And mm. the more we can bounce out of those moments of like, oh, God, or just, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this or what have you, the faster we can build that resilience muscle, I think the better off we are not yes. just as women, but as human beings. And Absolutely. crisis points can become inflection points too, because they're just beautiful. Every There is no life that is not free of so endless problems, challenges, and <laughs> yes, and absolutely. That, that's the life journey. That's what it is. So, right, right, exactly. And of course, are we like, there are there people who just have one hard knock after the, absolutely, there are people in terrible situations. That's not to downplay that at all. Um, and, and do we, as women entrepreneurs, human beings, do we go through things? Oh, you bet. But having said that, I think if we turn everything into an opportunity where it's like, oh, we can like, oh gosh, I could just use this to get better. I was falsely diagnosed last year, actually around this time with bladder cancer. Um, oh, and wow. so, so there's a perfect example. I, I got it. And I was like, I got this diagnosis. And it, to me, I was honestly, I was like, there is literally no way. <laughs> I feel like a million bucks. That's very interesting. You, you got a diagnosis and you were like, nope, that's not right. Yeah, that's wow. not even. Wow. Good yeah. for you. That shows how strong you were internally. Well, but the, keep going. Exactly. Like, it, but myself 10 years ago, there's no chance that would have come out of my mouth. I would have been, yeah. you know, it, it's so spiral. I, a total spiral and for days yeah. and weeks and whatever. And for me, I was like, you know, also too, our medical system is an imperfect system. We, we have to understand sure. that, right? Like it's not. And so anyways, fast forward through operation, all the things, tumors, benign, 
hallelujah, so grateful, you know, best day of my life, really, truly. But also, I, it was such a good, it was such good practice for me to be better. It was like, how can I show up in a way that I would be proud of later? How can I learn something that I never, how could I have more empathy and compassion for people dealing with this? How can mm. I be a light for other people when maybe they feel like there's no way out, whatever, you know, like, they're just, it's like, I think, yeah, just the gratitude, going back, finding the gratitude, going into everything is figure outable mode. There's a great book by Marie Forleo. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Um, yep. it, and it's literally called everything is figure outable, right? And so, uh, and I just, I've always taken that advice to heart. And I think, yeah, we can, like, we've got this. If we're here, we're alive, we have a circumstance. Um, there's nothing we can't figure out if we have the right mindset, resilience and openness. And I love that you called it the resilience muscle because it does take practice. There are some days where, you know what? Stay in bed <laughs> and that's okay. It is okay to let yourself rest for a moment because it is a muscle you have to practice. You have to train it. And even in physical training at the gym or working out, everybody talks about you should have a rest day. So yes. how important has Critical. rest been in your life? You know, it's so funny. I think everybody is addicted to something and yes. definitely the, my, my thing. And I feel like this might be your thing too, but you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> okay. The workaholism, the workaholism. Oh, used to recovering workaholic, right? Yes, here. exactly. And also recovering perfectionist. Those are the other yes. things. Oh, very much so. Of, it's like yes. a riptide, right? Yes. <laughs> takes us away yeah. into the ocean. But yes. yeah, so I think uh, always having something to look forward to, that's so helpful. I know a lot of us haven't traveled during the pandemic, what have you, uh, because of various reasons. And if you just always, even if something so small, like, oh, I'm gonna, we're gonna go do this dinner. We're gonna make this thing on Friday night. We're gonna do this thing together. It's gonna be amazing. Like, it doesn't have to be some grand thing, but definitely yeah. building into the schedule moments that you're excited to do to take like you can walk towards you could an experience of some sort anything i think yes. building those in because that is deeply restful and also deeply rejuvenating i think also yes. as well because we yes. get our best ideas when we're resting right yes yeah like we were that's talking when about that's when it comes that's when your mind is clear and you can actually think it's when you're Ooh. you're at rest. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. exactly. And I think and rest looks different from every for everybody. I love, oh my gosh, I, I listen to books and you know, mm -hmm. I go through old things. Like it's just, I don't know, everybody has something different, what they consider restful behavior. Some people like their yes. only idea of rest is like beach, vacation, twice a year, the end. Sure. I would encourage uh, everybody to find rest in the little moments, not just necessarily the big expensive moments. Yes. Yes, because they're everywhere and we can yes. take take those moments. But if we're always also too living so much in the future, worrying, stressing, all of those things, we're losing the moments in the present, which are a gift of rest, even if it's five minutes, even if it's half an hour on lunch break. My gosh, we can we can recharge and rejuvenate and rest at any given point in the day. But again, intentionality and a decision to figure it out. And it's absolutely possible. I love that because I, I actually just. I've very recently changed how I approached gratitude, I'll call it, because, you know, I bought gratitude journals and whiteboards and start making lists and doing all the things. And I was very sleepy at the end. Oh, I got to be thankful. What's my list today? Like, you know, and I, I stopped that and I started instead listing at the end of the day, my moments of joy. 
throughout the day. And so then I found that I was paying attention more during the day. And whenever something happy or something that made me laugh, my dog does something ridiculous. Like I'm like, oh, and it just makes me stop for that moment and appreciate it because my logical mind is saying, oh, I remember to put that on the list, but my full mind and being is actually very present in that moment and just takes celebrating that joy right when it happens. So, so beautiful because we miss it otherwise, right? We miss it. Yeah. It happens and you forget about it. You don't appreciate it. Those are the things that we remember at the end. That's the other thing, right? It's like, so it's instead of remembering only at the end, why are we acknowledging and celebrating right now? Yeah, exactly. And our our brains or mine, I guess, (laughs) was very programmed to remember all the negative things very deeply and very sort of almost viciously sometimes. So now it's retraining and you can absolutely retrain your brain um, to be more on the positive side without tipping the balance into that sort of fake and toxic positivity place. Because as human beings, the experience is up and down and all over the place. So Totally. And I think we can be, quote, down and still have a mindset of possibility, gratitude, and appreciation. Exactly. Right? It's Absolutely. Like, okay, well, that's a really terrible thing that just happened. <laughs> where's the gift in all of right now? Not something in retrospect, but like right in this moment, where's the gift? And, yes. and uh, because when we shift our focus too, we shift all of our energy, uh, you know, towards like taking the next step. Because I think sometimes we can really get our feet stuck in the mud, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotionally. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much emotionally. I mean, sometimes probably physically too, but yes. emotionally for sure. Um, amazing. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Is before we leave, are there any sort of final words of wisdom that you wanted to share with our audience? I think maybe just, you know, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change Mm -hmm. and not to confuse, not to confuse circumstance, um, with anything other than the opportunity for us to just get better you know Mm, and i love that yeah like everything is such a profound opportunity and also too just remember like when we when somebody whoever's listening to this you know when we go through a terrible time or whatever nobody likes the story where the hero just nothing happens everything stays the same (laughs) everything everybody loves a comeback story and so maybe if you're in a pit like what's your comeback story you know What is that going to sound like for you when you tell it to your team, when you stand on stage, when you when you tell it to your grandkids? Like, what does your comeback story look like? You know, how epic, like be the hero of your own journey, you know, be the star of your own life, all those things like it, it really is. It sounds like it's cliche, but cliche, but actually, this is the only chance we've got. So may as well mm. look great. I love it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I know I've learned a lot and love chatting with you. So greatly appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. 